What's up? Tiger Fitness Podcast here alongside, well, of course, I'm Mark Lobliner, alongside Steve Shaw, Editorial Director at TigerFitness.com. Extra, extra special guest. Extra saucy. Caged muscle. Chris Gethin. What's up, bro? Hey, I just noticed that I've got the center seat here. You this do. is the first time and, and last time, probably, so I'll take advantage of this. No, you, you got, you know, that we can reach in and, and touch we, your butt. Yeah, we each get a cheek. I get the, I get the left cheek, Mark's gets the I right cheek. I prefer the right cheek. Also, well, this guy's quite hungry back. over here, so I'm afraid he's probably going to have to go for a forearm. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the forearm's closer, to be honest with you. Well, so we have um, a lot of stuff going on. We've got some great content and great everything. Why don't you talk about what's going on in the industry? I mean... I'd like to talk about your thoughts on Lavroni's comeback. I think that's a huge, huge hot button in the industry. Um, I want to talk about, of course, Cage Muscle, um, what's going on with them. I want to talk about what we just did with Deadlifts without giving away too much results. I, I, want, to much. Gi- I want to give it all away. And, uh, you know I, I do too. Um, we, we can talk about your transition over to triathlon, Ironman. I thought you were going to say a sex change, but... Sex change, transgender? Yeah, that's going to come sooner, so we'll use that as a subject matter. Okay. I like it. So, those of you who don't know, I've known Chris since uh, when I owned Salvation, and he was over at bodybuilding.com. Yes, I said that word, and lightning did not strike me. My ears, Mark. Want me to say muscle and strength next? (laughs) I'm living on the edge. So, we knew each other. What is muscle and strength? (laughs) So, we've kept in contact over the years, and as soon as Chris started his line... I knew that Chris is a no bullshit kind of guy. He'd have no bullshit supplements. I knew that our thoughts on supplements doing just that, supplementing, not substituting, yeah. um, hard work and training and diet, um, I knew they'd mesh together. And now you're one of our top selling brands in just a short period of time, man. It's just been like four weeks, isn't it? That's yeah. awesome. Like, well, really, really proud of that. So, you've obviously got educated consumers. Yes, we do. Our, our, our consumers. Highly educated. <laughs> yeah, you nailed that. The best. But yeah, it's, um, it's been a hell of a ride. But, um, so what are you up to, man? So you were uh, training people over in India? Yeah, so for a little while in like 2010, head o- headed over to India, trained a lot of Bollywood clients such as John Abraham, Riddick Roshan, an extensive list that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of. Uh, trained a lot of trainers in the DTP um, principle and then just uh, opened and launched a gym franchise over there with really? my partner, Jag Chima, yeah. That's, that's insane. So you've been really busy and formulating and, and marketing and doing everything that goes along with owning a supplement line, which is an inundating process. I, I was excited. I mean, as soon as we found out we carry cage muscle, I was excited. Yeah. I like, mean, I was like, yeah, we're in. We're all in. Well, as you know, when you put in the time and effort into a supplement line, it's not as if that you can do a lot of things. I know you do a lot of things, and I was doing a lot of things as well. But now I'm having to channel everything that now and funnel it into this process because it's difficult to make sure that you're going to do it properly and do all these other things. So I'm actually trying to disregard a few of the other things. Like I'm not writing books now. Uh, There's a lot of things that I'm not doing so I can focus on this to make sure that I get it done properly. And uh, it's really fulfilling. It's more fulfilling than anything else that I've done. I can tell you that much. So that's something that I really want to dedicate myself to. Yeah, I mean, talk about someone who dedicates himself. Speaking of dedication, we were talking earlier about Dorian Yates. Now, you're, you've been close to Dorian for years. In fact, what's your opinion on his training style? Like, what are your, like, Dorian, I mean, I always talk about him like he's, like, some kind of a deity. Didn't you train because, with him, Mark? Did oh, I trained with, yeah, I trained with him. Um, we, we actually spoke in, uh, at Body Power in the UK at length. Um, just a great guy. I mean, a lot of people misunderstand Dorian. He's an extremely opinionated guy. He's, 
he's very dedicated to what he believes. Yeah, he he's is. always fit. Yeah, he's as you know, like when he competed, he, his foot was either on the gas, or was completely off, uh, most of the time on. And uh, whatever he devotes himself to, now he lives a very much like a holistic, very healthy lifestyle. Uh, which I really, really appreciate. And, you know, he inspires me to a certain degree. He always has and still has. But my opinion on him is, you know, everybody talks about his intensity, um, it, you know, the discipline, the dedication. But not many people talk about how educated that guy was and is. In everything that he does, he dissects it down to the very last molecule. Doesn't really take anybody's opinion. He'll come up with his own opinion. Uh, which sometimes defy logic. Like I've spoken to doctors and they're like, yeah, we couldn't believe that could actually work until he found out that it worked. Uh, so to, to, you know, to that degree, I've, I'm very inspired by him. I've trained with him numerous times in numerous countries and stayed with him when he was living in uh, Birmingham and now in Marbella. And he stayed with me when I was living in uh, LA and, and in Boise, Idaho. And he's a good friend, but you know, very well respected. But I've taken a lot of my attitude, I'd like to think, from Dorian in regards to the disciplinary actions, yeah. uh, maybe not in the bedroom, but outside of that, within the weight room for sure. And uh, I feel that has definitely helped me. And uh, yeah, what my favorite Olympian champion for sure. Yeah, I, I'd say mine too. Yeah, he's definitely right up there. I mean, I uh, I started uh, following bodybuilding back, um, you know, around 85, 86. And when Dorian hit, it just changed the game for me. And, uh, you know, watching his videos, like his interviews and his material on YouTube post, um, post 2000 you can really tell I mean he's he he's uh, he thinks through things he's super intelligent um, you can tell he's a free thinker he just processes the information on his own so I have a lot of respect for him yeah he's definitely a game changer he brought the era of I mean his I, I don't think since he won we've seen and I, I mean I'll say this forever I, he didn't have the greatest genetic makeup not the greatest structure but I don't think we've seen stunning. that quality of physique right. since he got out of the sport. We've seen big physiques, we've seen shredded physiques, but the quality, the graininess, just the, the I'd say the quality of muscle. I, I don't, I know that people watching this, like the science guys, what does that mean? There's no such, the muscle doesn't quality. Just if you look at the graininess, like the, just the, the, the detail, you could tell, you could, that, that's the kind of development that only comes from hard work. Yeah. Like, and, 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 I, I can, I can appreciate Ronnie's physique. And sorry to cut you off, Chris. I can no. appreciate Ronnie's physique. I love Ronnie's physique. <coughs> but at the end of the day, when I'm when I'm comparing Ronnie and Dorian, I always have a greater appreciation for Dorian. And the thing is, with Dorian, he never came across as good in pictures as he did in real life. No. And everybody, such as Kevin Horton, Peter McGough, Gary Phillips, will all say this: who were actually there, the three-dimensional look that that guy gave on stage due to not only the width, but the absolute thickness and depth yeah. to his physique was absolutely unbelievable. Of course, there's other uh, competitors, you know, we're talking about Livroni soon in regards to the separation, yeah. but the sheer size and three-dimensional look, he couldn't be touched. I still think he hasn't been touched to this day. I think the training has something to do with it, going beyond failure and just taking it past that point of comfort. Um, I think that, and I don't know if you guys will agree with this, the physique that most closely resembled at his peak, he kind of gave up on it, focused more on business. Remember Mark Dugdale at his peak? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The quality, the graininess yeah, exactly. he brought. And he brought something very similar in Nebraska yes. just a couple of weeks ago when he won his pro show there. He really dulled it down again, and I love Mark to death. And to see him. He has him, my favorite physique, honestly, because yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to say that like 
him and Dor- like I, nobody thinks about when you talk about top bodybuilders and favorite physiques. I doubt many people will bring up Mark Dugdale's name. Yeah, exactly. But and I was one of those guys. I don't. I don't think a lot of those. A lot of people who aren't enthusiasts, complete enthusiasts, like Dugdale was at his peak when I was at Weeder, you know, who can really appreciate the quality of muscle that Dugdale and Dorian brought to the stage. You know, and, I, I, yeah. I ran into <coughs> Dugdale. Uh, he had a video with Dorian. Um, yeah. Yes. Took a week in the dungeon. Week in the dungeon. That's right. Something like that. And um, I was I was actually there when that discussion began to happen. I think it was at the New York Pro. Yeah. Is that the New York Pro? And I remember. Sorry to cut you off now. That's no, all good. But I remember being at Stephen Bev's gym, powerhouse gym there, when they were doing the weigh-ins. And I remember that time. I believe Dugdale may have come second in that show to David Henry. I, I think. God, David Henry, what a freak! Though. Yeah, and I just remember <coughs> Dugdale just taking his pants off to weigh. No, 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 no homo here. No, there's plenty of homo in this. And gym. as he was just homo. bent right over, like just look at me. You know, I'm staring, but at his hamstrings and his glutes and his shredded, and he's relaxed now. You know, yeah. this is at the weigh-in, and just freaked me out. And I've just got such an amount of respect for what that guy can bring when he nails it. And on the personal side, I mean, he's a business owner, he's a family man, and that's just something that, as a boring suburban soccer dad myself, I can appreciate a little bit more. So yeah, I am biased. Yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, I'd I'm say bi- my two favorite quality physiques in, of all time, those two guys. I'm biased for Mark um, because, you know, I saw his video. I, uh, back in the day, I sent him an email, um, purchased something. You know, he took the time to write back to respond. Yeah. And in this industry, you know, um, when you get solid, it's just respect. That goes a long way. And what I respect as well about that guy, God, we're really giving it to you, Mark. We love you. Um, We got to send this to him. (laughs) Yeah. Will you be on the podcast? He needs to come down to Tiger Fitness headquarters with us next time, I think. Is that like, he's had some results that would have knocked people for six and go, you know what, I'm going to hang this up. But, you know, as Stallone would say, it doesn't matter how hard you get hit. It's about all about getting back yeah. up. And he has got back up several times and he's defied people's logic and he's dominated. Well, he's a warrior. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, for example, we'll, we'll just get into it now. It's a great segue. A lot of what we're doing here is mental. Like we, what, what we just did, guys, we just did Crazy. a 100 rep deadlift challenge, but there's no that, balance. That he come up with. That, that, well, because you don't bench press. We so. were going to yeah. bench press. <clears throat> but so... The thing is, once you get past that 20 reps total, your body's already breaking down. That's when your mind switches into play. And I think that if you look at the greatest of all time in any sport, they're able, if you look at Kobe Bryant, have you heard about his training intensity? Probably the hardest training guy since Jordan in the NBA. You look at those two, they're both elite. You look at the, the running backs in the NFL, um, the one who ran up the hill was that um oh, what's, uh, his name? what's his name was that walter walter payton that was payton wasn't i thought it? payton was but but right. you got these guys like the training separates and it's a mental thing and when you're someone like doug dell you you get knocked down it just gives you the resolve to get back and going back to that deadlift challenge i'm not going to say who won but what a hard fought that was insane Chris, I've never, I don't think. Now, now before we get I've, into I've it. I've never had so much satisfaction out of eight minutes yeah. actually in the weight room. In the weight room. I've yeah. never even had eight minutes in the bed. I think that beats my previous record by like double. Yeah, so for you, those of you guys listening and watching, Tiger Fitness YouTube channel, please subscribe. This podcast will be out before the video, but the video will be released within eh, probably a couple weeks. days. Within at, four weeks. Yes, very soon. So subscribe, watch for that video. It's, it, it's going to be epic, but... Um, but speaking of, you look at the old school physiques, you look at quality of muscle, you look at sometimes now you got people competing, Dexter's gonna be 46 at next show. 
Kevin Lavroni's 51 years old. 51. Like at 51, you think that you're just happy if you get an erection at that point. I'm 35. I'm happy if I get an erection now. I actually have one as we speak. Um, <laughs> Hence the why the table's yeah. so high. Can you show that for the uh, video audience? <laughs> not, not a big enough lens. So, so Lavroni, I, I did a video when I first heard about it. And I said, look, he might not win, but I have a story about Lavroni. I've said it before on my channel. When I worked at Weeder, I, I gave him a ride home. He lived. At, he had a girlfriend in Sherman Oaks or something. I lived in, in uh, Silmar. So it was literally on my way home. And it was 12 weeks before the Olympia, about 12 weeks. It was like a Thursday or Friday, so it was literally to the day, 12 what, weeks. What year was this? This was, this was uh, 2003 when Ronnie came in his all-time best. Lavroni came in second or third, one of those. But anyway... So he weighed maybe a buck 75. This was 12 weeks after the Olympia. We're sitting in my car. I drove an Impala at the time. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to start getting ready for the Olympia tomorrow. It's about a buck 75. I looked over. I'm like, all right, Kevin, this you do that, crazy, bro. Right, I'm like, bro. you do that. Yeah, good luck. Fast forward 12 weeks. I'm sitting in the press box with Weeder. And it's like Kevin Lavron, he's actually doing the show. I look down. The guy's 240 pounds. He's literally gained a human in weight. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gained my child, my, one of my children in weight. And he's probably 5% body fat, probably his best look ever in 12 weeks. What I'm telling people is even though he's 51 years old, this is the longest he's probably ever trained for a show. And he probably has, and I've said this before, I, I have no doubt he has, if not the best, top five best genetics in bodybuilding history. Now, what is your opinion on Lavroni's comeback? I, like a lot of people write it off, like I know his fellow competitors such as Sean Ray think uh, it's a bad move. I think it's fantastic. It's fantastic for the sport. I wasn't at the Olympia last year. I was down there. I was working. I didn't end up going to the show. I watched Flex Lewis in the pre-judging. That was it. That's all I wanted to see. But this year, I am definitely going. I'm extremely motivated for the fact that Lavroni's going to compete. Regardless of where he places, I just want to see what a 51-year-old can bring to the stage and can he bring back the old Lavroni? I believe he can. When's, I, the, when's the last time we've seen a 50-year-old at the Olympia that competed quality? Was it Robbie Robinson? Robbie came back. That was a Masters. That was a Masters. Did he come back to the regular come back? I know Lou came back. Arnold, but he was Yeah, Lou, Lou was like 45. And uh, Albert Beckles, possibly. Maybe You're Beckles. right. Beckles. That's... What about Frank Richardson? Actually, Frank Richardson, I think he was the only guy at 50, and he came 10th. That's impressive right there, but 50... You think about it, man. That's that you you can join the AARP at 50 years old. But he, he doesn't look like a 51 year old. Does he, he looks like, 27. Yeah, and like the the thing with him, what I love about Lavroni as well, he knows his abilities. He's not going to put himself in deep water. He's thought about this, and what I like about him, like he never gives out what he's thinking. He has a strategy. Not you know, he has started to give out a little bit. He said, look, I have studied every single competitor. I know what their hobbies are. I know what music they listen to. He knows everything about the, his, com his yeah. competition. And he feels that gives him the motivation. It gives him the advantage of something that they don't have over him. He's, I'm, I'm just, as a bodybuilding fan, as a fan of the sport, and that era, which was the greatest era in bodybuilding by far, the late me. 90s, early 2000s, Cormier, Flex, Lavroni, Ronnie. Yeah. I mean, it's, but he does have, you got Phil, who I think, we're talking about, Kai is impressive, but I saw Phil and Kai at the Body Power, and I know we're a long way out. Like we were saying, Phil was, Phil looked amazing. Death, even next to Kai. And he was wearing a tank top. It wasn't <laughs> like he was wearing a baggy sweater. I mean, Phil looked 
phenomenal. I think Phil might be taking this one seriously. Yeah. Um, you got Kai. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see Roden. I don't see him placing that high. Dexter amazed looked amazing at the New York Pro and not the New York Pro, but um, overseas. He looked amazing at the last few. The at New the York Arnold, Pro too. At the Arnold in yeah. the was it Africa? Yeah, he, and he looked amazing. I think Dexter. I think if there's an old guy who might overtake Phil, it might be Dexter. This could be one of the most interesting Olympias of all time. We got Lavroni to thank for that. His line, I remember going to trade shows, no one even knew who he was a couple years ago. Have like two or three people. He had a line across the expo. He's brought it back and you can just see his social following just expand now. So uh, he's doing the right thing. It's it's great for the sport. I think it'll be a sellout there this time based on Lavroni's comeback, that is certainly motivating yeah. me. And uh, speaking of you know those stories, I remember photo, uh, photographing him backstage, I believe it was a 2002 uh, Australian pro. He was throwing up backstage, he was ill. And uh, I think he had a few vodkas on the flight over. I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard stories about Kevin liking uh, liquor a little bit. Yeah, but so that, uh, that's hearsay. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember him throwing up. He walked on stage. He placed like fifth or sixth. I can't remember. He looked terrible. That was a gift. Yoslav Horvath placed third <clears throat> at that Olympia. The following that you know several months later, Yoslav Horvath looked even better, but placed last. Last. Lavroni, as he does. I believe got second or third that year. Completely different bodybuilder. We know what he can do, his ability, how he can rebound. And I think that's what we're gonna see now. You know, he's taken it seriously. He's canceled all of his uh, travel. He was supposed to be in the UK, I believe, as we speak now, all canceled. He's in Olympia zone. That's, to see him take it seriously is impressive. Now, are there any dark horses you see at the Olympia this year? Uh, I think it's gonna be Dallas McCarver. I've seen some shit on Instagram that is one impressive physique. Yeah, and you don't really <coughs> only have you don't have to go by the pictures because you can just see as he's put it, you know, put it online the dedication that he's putting into every single rep of every set of every single workout is textbook. It's one hundred percent everything. He's on point, and that, that kid is motivated, but he's very smart, and he's got you know Matt Jensen in his corner. Uh, keeping a, a good watchful, watchful eye over him. And I just think that this continuous progression, which you'd look on some people's frames, would blow out. But his frame is carrying it real nice. I remember when Matt didn't even have one client, man. I was training Dallas. Oh, really? It's just amazing when you get old, you see people like make it, or like make it is a relative term, right? Where you see people like do stuff, you're like, man, I remember that. You know, like, it's like, wow, you know everybody. I'm like, nah, I just lasted longer in this industry. I started at a younger age. Yeah. You know, I think you and I have similar stories, similar people. We know the same people. It's just a process of attrition. Yeah. You know, in this world, I mean, especially in the competing world, a competitor's career, that's why we're looking at it. Like, they make a few bucks, they spend it all, then they're like, oh shit, what am I going to do for money now? I'll the, sell out. Yeah, the smart guys, the smart guys actually pack it away or start something. That's why I think, <clears throat> speaking of Kai, I think it was him. I heard he might be doing the Olympia. It's whatever. My the main thing I see is Kai's liability. He's planning on the future. He's 42 years old. He's focusing on business. He's been traveling while Phil's been sitting at home training and eating. And that's going to be if, if you want to see a big Kai versus Phil, man. It, it, if Kai, the reason I think Kai was taking Phil a lot, like he looked at at least in, pictures don't mean anything when you're alone. Like I could beat Phil in an Instagram picture if I get the right angles. You put them next to each other, that's when it matters. And right now, you're looking at the reason, you know, Phil was able to, um, I think Phil was traveling, doing business. Now, this year, Phil's hunkered down. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's down there, and you know, Kai is everywhere around the world. He's doing fantastic things in regards to his business, uh, but he still is dedicated to his, uh, you know, his training. He's still training hard. You see the videos out there. He's training extremely heavy as well. But I'm just wondering, is he burning himself out now with the travel, with the training, with the nutrition? You know, everything encompassing. Because the thing is with Kai, whatever he does, he gives 100%. If he is talking to somebody, he'll put his hand on his sh shoulder, look you in the eye, and he'll give you 100%. So I don't know if that is going to affect in any way his his fatigue, his. Uh, is he going to burn out? Who knows? We'll soon find out on the day of the Olympia. Yeah. On that note, we're going to quick break. Be right back. All right, we're back. We're Tiger back. Fitness Podcast. The Tiger Fitness Podcast. Where's the boom? Boom. We already boom. did it at the beginning. I don't want to over boom. So, Steve, we have a question, Chris, we that we ask we have a question. everybody, Ever. even oh, wow. females who come on this podcast. Okay. Steve, would you like to... Uh, yes, Chris. We would like to know what your craziest most embarrassing masturbation moment is my craziest most it can't include anything with mark today most of yeah today excluded yeah because Man, I, I tell you what i think i'm gonna bore you guys i don't think i have uh, actually have one oh, um, just standard oh. masturbation uh, standard masturbation. I remember an ex-girlfriend coming back when I was like in front of the computer once and uh, she's walked in and still I try to get out of it by pulling the pants up and like, oh, I wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? And then I thought, what are you doing? It's just, you've just been busted. Okay, I did it. That was it. You know, nothing exciting. That's ex that's actually, I don't know if I have, I like, I haven't had a mom walk in or anything. No, I, I, uh, I walked in on a, a girl once. I, I sold cars back after I got out of the military back in the mid 90s and I got out to my car and I realized, oh shit, I forgot something. So I came back in the house, like literally five minutes after I left, and there's this woman, my girlfriend, on the couch watching a porno with a, with a black guy doing a white girl. Oh, I She's thought they were actually there. And that's going like all the way. A up, candle? Like Shouldn't we get a, a real, a real dildo? So she was dipping the wick. Wow. Dip in the wick. So I tell you, I tell you what. This though. is your girlfriend. Yeah. I'm like, so she obviously on, wanted the BBC. On. Yeah, yeah. It was a BBC thing going on. That's why it's an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. 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 She. So is she with a black guy now, by any chance? Um, She's with a candle. <laughs> <laughs> no, she never had kids, but she has a cat that she takes pictures with every year in clothing. Oh That's no, the crazy cat breathe. women. Yeah. When you don't have kids, you end up taking professional pictures with. Don't you have cats? I have two cats. Just asking. But look, I'm 48. You have kids. Single. I'm 48 and single. They help attract the right kind of women. That's so Steve's saying. using the cats as pussy bait. Yeah, they're lure. They're, they're lure. pussy pussy you bait. Take, yeah. You take them out on walks. Ah, uh, no. So I'm you not. have to basically <laughs> roofie and duct tape a chick to get her back to look at the cats. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all about the Instagram. I do selfies with the cats. Uh, okay, oh, smart. Snapchat anybody who hasn't seen cats. Steve's Instagram, yeah, it's the most homoerotic Instagram. Homo. It really is. It's selfies with his shirt off. Like, dude, Steve, I'm attracted to you after looking at your Instagram. It's crazy. Yeah, but you know what? It's all I got right now. It's all I got. So, yeah. You have much more than that. We have a home gym. Yeah, we do. That's about it. That and your chest shots. That's, that, that'll, that'll do it. So, <laughs> masturbation. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say that. after that occurrence, I really took down my masturbating uh, splits from, say, no, four, five, five times a week to like once a month. Now he's doing the door you and know, it it Yeah, it's, yeah, I go hard for him. <laughs> the Mike Mets are once every 14 to 17 days. <laughs> you got to recover. You're a factory yeah. failure. Hey, I've read online you can lose a muscle, so I don't do it. I don't mix yeah. both. Oh, man. So enough talking about touching ourselves. What's, go, what's, go, what's new for you, Chris? 
Uh, what's new? Let me what see. What do you have coming up? So are you getting? Are you starting dieting? I heard. Yes. Uh, June, July 11th, I start shooting another video series. I, you know, I shot a video trainer years ago, and I believe that I can get better results, much better results, over a much shorter period based on what I've learned since then. So I'm going to be knuckling down, trying not to travel outside of the country during that time, just internally, and uh, then um, I'm going to basically lead that into the Olympia. Not that I'm guest posing or anything, but that's going to be uh, the time when I'll get my pictures done and all that sort of stuff. And other than that, I'm kind of working on the line on bringing out more flavors because it's naturally flavored. It takes time to do that. And uh, I'll be launching another gym in India in about two months time over there as well. So that's what's uh, keeping me knocking and rolling at the moment. So what are you guys, you guys are going to be filming later today here in the Tiger Fitness Gym, Terry Bryan's Tiger Fitness Center. What are you guys going to be doing? It's going to be a four-day workout. Like yeah. Pump flush kind of workout, not something that actually takes you to absolute failure. However, it is going to definitely work your heart and lungs, but perfect time if you've been going through like, I don't know, a 12-week period or maybe longer of like high intensity or heavy duty training, it's a good time to still come in and get that therapy that you need, but remove the body of the inflammation get a good flush throughout the body, help it kind of detox yourself. Maybe during this time you'd lower your protein yeah. because you don't need so much to recover. And it's kind of like your active rest, but it's still hard on the heart and lungs. So you keep that uh, health. Uh, and honestly, recovery. who the hell wants to take a week off the gym? Exactly. And nobody. you're going to look phenomenal doing this workout. It's all about blood flow. And um, this kind of workout, like talking about lowering your protein, I'd have some carbs before, during, and after it personally. Because you're getting that blood flow, you're rushing in. That's my personal thing. I burn through carbs like it's nobody's business. Yeah, see, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'll get plenty of carbs throughout my, a lot of my food that I eat anyway. I find my liver kind of stores it. The only time that I really start putting carbs through supplementation is if my workouts start extending a lot longer with the intensity of cardio. Because well, I, I like to swim, I like to run, yeah. and that's when I normally put it in a little bit more. Yeah, I am. Um, but the reason is, is I take about 20 IUs of growth of uh, growth hormone <laughs> and insulin. So if I don't have carbs, the insulin will kill me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. He said that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really want to take it to the limit with the insulin. I figure that's the he way to do it. Yeah, and if in doubt, double the dose. Double the dose. Forty. No, please don't do this. It's a joke. We do not it's support insulin. We do not support insulin use. Unless you're a diabetic, then you'll die if you don't have it. Yeah, but, you know Jason Poston. You yeah. know that guy's uh, in, insulin dependence. Really? Yeah, yeah competes, I do. Yeah. Competes in the Olympia. And I tell you what, I was having this conversation a couple of days ago with somebody on how it actually, to a certain degree. It helps competitors. Yeah. I know a few competitors that are insulin dependent in the professional league. He's the only Olympian, I think, the male Olympian. And, you know, they have dialed in their nutrients, their macros to a science. And it really does help them to a certain degree in regards to gaining the muscle, you know, making sure that they've got that timing just right and staying in pretty good condition year round. Yeah. You know, it's not something that I'd say, hey, I'd love to have that by any means. But I do believe in this industry, it can help somebody because they become that much attuned. They have to have the knowledge. So there's, there's a good segue. I think this is good. Now, looking at the stomachs in bodybuilding, and I think we can all agree that they're not as felt as they used to be. Not as felt. Um, do you think that's an issue of just being bigger and having bigger abdominals? Or do you think it's 
insulin and growth hormone, more food. What do you think? I, I've heard, I've heard, and I don't know if you guys know this is true or not, so maybe you can talk about this, but I've heard that the insulin use creates visceral fat, you know, internal fat around the organs. You guys know anything about that? Is that it, true? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. I, I have heard that, and uh, basically, um, what was it? Uh, combined with IGF, there's some issue with visceral fat. I mean, and let's, let's be real here, like, some of these guys are tr anything that's not even human grade, they'll try to get that edge. Just like any professional sport, you know, to get that edge. For a long time, everybody was on the internet was saying uh, human growth hormone, their organs are getting like 10 times their normal size, and you know, whatever ridiculous number they're tossing out. Um, and then, then I heard some people talking about it's insulin related. And See, I, I thought it was more along the lines, it could be a combination of both. Right. See, I thought it was more along the lines of the growth hormone because it grows every single muscle in your body as, as with your bones and whatever so everything is kind of going to grow but i do believe it does come down to a lot to the amount of food that you eat especially the size yeah. of the meals you know your intestines are a muscle and if has to work overtime to work you know because i like i i am for one a person that has a thick waist i don't take insulin or anything like that but it does get big but i eat a lot of food and I think back and I look at my physique, how it looked like 10 years ago, and I had a small waspy waist, and now it's much bigger. I don't know if it's a combination of squats and deads or whatever, but I think a lot of it comes down to the amount of food eaten. I eat too much food, and I think that's partly why my waist has got bigger. However, I do now try to stay away <coughs> from foods that make me inflamed. I try yeah. to go gluten-free whenever possible, and I feel that that has helped a little. Okay. Well, I, I can kind of, I can kind of see, you see that a little bit. I was 346 pounds at one time, and the amount of food I was eating um, was ridiculous. And now that I eat clean almost all year round, when I have those cheat times, or even when I eat a little bit extra, I will literally wake up the next day and feel like I have 10 pounds of The body, the, the powerlifters will have that visceral gut going on, though. You ever see those guys? Yeah, it's yeah. like, again, it's it's one of those things where muscles they hypertrophy. I mean, abs are a muscle. Yeah. So if you're training hard and heavy and you get bigger and you talk about like you eat too much food, well, you eat what you need to eat to sustain the muscle mass you have now. So you eat too much food for a normal person, but for you to maintain or grow, it's actually the right amount of food. But you look at an Olympian, like they have so much muscle, 260 pounds lean on stage. They need so much food just to not shrink down, even dieting. Yeah, you're, it's like eating Thanksgiving meal every meal. Yeah, and I, I think everybody is different as well. I remember we trained with Ulysses. Yeah. Now, Ulysses, you know, fantastic physique. You know, I'm at like, you know, over 220 pounds, but he's like 180, but he looks just as big, if not much His bigger than me. Just... But like, I've spent a lot of time with him weeks on a road, and he eats like a little bird. He eats hardly anything. He has just enough to sustain, I guess he's got a chilled out metabolism, enough to sustain his muscle, but his stomach does not grow. He's got a tiny waspy waist, but I wonder if he was to eat the same amount as I did, what would his waist look like then? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's more of a food issue, but again, who knows? <laughs> it's, who knows? it's really, it's anybody's guess. There's yeah. no studies on that. So um, yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. But let's see, what, you, you got anything, Steve? No, but I, I was going to uh, I was going to mention before we forget um, to talk about it. We were talking about this before the podcast, and you were talking about um, Lance Armstrong and doing the Ironman. And uh, I thought I would ask you a little bit about that because actually, actually we got to cut that out because I'm not telling anyone about that yet. Okay, I'll, we'll just say possibly a triathlon. P possibly, yeah, a triathlon. I still want him to do a, a battle frog OCR with me. 
so we can both what? injure ourselves. The oh. OCR, man, off-road, obstacle course race. Okay, I may get into that. I, think I may give that it. a shot. That would be fun. Okay, well, I know if I'm going to do it with you, it's going to be competitive and I'm going to give it my all and I'll probably scar both oh, wait, of my lungs say, to oh, do wait, it. No, did but, you just say, if I'm going to do it with you? <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is, what was funny is we, we did the deadlift contest and I knew if I did to finish, if I did a certain amount of reps, I knew he would match it, even if he had to break his back doing it. That's just how it is. And vice versa, even yeah. though we were in competition with these guys, more than anything, I have to admit, I was in competition with this guy, you know, because we've worked out several times and we are very competitive, but we're great friends. But you know, even with that camaraderie, there is that competitiveness that brings out the best in yourself. But what was, it was good because it made us compete better. You know, if you look at like, if you look at like Jordan, what happened to the rest of the team after he left? They became nobodies. Pippen went back to being mediocre. You know, he elevated everyone's game. Yeah. You know, and that's what you can do. If you get a good training partner, he will elevate your game. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, if you have the openness of thinking of opportunity, you will do that. You know, much like when somebody breaks the minute mile or whatever yeah. it is, then everybody does because then there's an opportunity there. But, you know, if you close yourself off to just yourself and you don't use anybody as competition, you know, when people say, oh, I just compete with myself. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit. That if you bullshit. want to elevate your game, you will think about the competition because that's what gives you the thought of opportunity to grow. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I've gotten a certain condition, but I know at the universe, there's the dude who's won it the last two years is fucking shredded. Those guys in our federation oh my, Jesus come Christ. so shredded, I, it's I, unbelievable. I saw this, and, and you know, Eddie Robinson is now the president of NABA. And he's like, we're, we're the only, he's like, you're the only guy we think can get to these guys' levels of shreddedness. I said, are you sure? I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's like rigor mortis shredded. But I think now that I know what I have to get, it's been, if he can do it, fuck it. I can yeah, do it. Yeah, you know, for sure. Because like, you look at it, what are you, 15 weeks out now? Yeah. You're like in almost stage shape here already. Yeah. However, like you said, when you're looking at jumping on that stage in Europe, you have to really bring a different game. Those guys, it's, see now, I look at it like IFBB size is size and conditioning. Yeah, fullness and separation. Now, but you get to the European leagues, dude. You get to those international federations. Conditioning is how they separate. So, That's what I've learned. So what's what's the difference? I mean, what are they doing differently over there? They're just they're just suffering more. Yeah, I think, think we we are so fascinated with size that we I don't think you're going to see the condition like again the quality that Dorian brought you'll see shredded glutes but you won't see those tie-ins and I, I got something that may be of relevance here you know we was talking about like Dorian wouldn't even have like a sweetener you know he didn't believe right, in anything right. like that if you look at a lot of the guys here we do have our sugar-free syrups and our sweeteners and stuff like that I'm not saying that it is I'm just throwing it out here we're in Europe you don't really have those available to you and they just go hard and they eat anything without sauce not with you know some Cholula or some Frank's hot sauce or whatever I wonder if that has some sort of possibility in the regulation of like the digestion you know because obviously well, you gotta look after question. your gut health it's a good question because back in the day back in the old school day you know we we had relatively clean we didn't have the walling farm sugar-free with I don't know how many ingredients they have you know in it but I don't I can't pronounce them yeah I, that you know but a lot of these people, the if it fits your macros, and you know, they're taking in a lot of extra chemicals. I'm not saying that's inherently bad. I'm not passing judgment. But those but guys get taking shredded, in a lot though. Of, yeah. Those right. naturals get shredded. They get, <clears throat> again, like, I don't, uh, you look at, like, all you can do is say, okay, that might play a role. I just think they, I just think they're willing to suffer more. I just think, Ameri I just think our bodybuilders out here, they're so fascinated with size. 
As soon as they start to lose a little bit of muscle and get that conditioning, they panic. Yeah, like I know when I used to compete, obviously in, in a natural federation, it is different. But when I was backstage, you know, you're covered up and whatever, I would never, ever worry about the guys who look big in their clothes or whatever. Oh, never. I'd be looking at the guy who looks like, you know, he's just come out of a camp and he is sucked in the face. That's the guy I'm worried about. The, yeah, there because was- Because that's a person who has suffered. There was a, there was a super heavyweight at one show I competed in when I used to compete in the NPC and I actually ended up winning that show. And backstage, he was super heavyweight. I was a light heavy at the time. And um, this motherfucker was Kai Green in his hoodie, but he was like six foot tall. I was like, first thing that came to my mind is, he's gonna be fat. Even though under clothes, he killed me. And of course, he got on stage, no striations in the glutes, Sure, he has some big legs, he had big everything, but you look and there's very few who combine that. I don't, again, since I haven't seen the quality and the graininess since Dorian, that, that, um, that I really think these guys can bring. I think they're so afraid to not be 270 on stage. Yeah, they exactly. want that weight. They're not willing to remove themselves of but, that extra but, 10 pounds. But why would they? Out. Why would they? Because the IFBB doesn't Yeah, everybody else that. is following the same game, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, but imagine if, I mean, I thought Dennis Wolf came in condition last year. Yeah, he brought, he, he brought, he, yeah, and it's, it's tough for him to bring both. He's yes. either full and a little soft, or he's either shredded and a little bit flat. Yeah. But I think it's much better for him to come that secondary way to really accentuate his physique against the other guys. Well, I mean, he's not going to beat Phil Heath in a size and shape contest. No, he but has he to can out-condition. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, he's n I don't think he'll ever get top three unless he defeats him with conditioning. And he, it, it, keep in mind, we're talking about a guy... I don't... Did you see he's lost a lot of size since his hamstring injury? Yeah, he won't be competing. For I mean, sure. Yeah, he has, I mean, there was a picture of him. Somebody posted I saw it. It, was, it came up in my feed. Like, he literally looks like he lost about 50 pounds since his hamstring thing. Mm. Which is, I mean, if you look how easy it is for these guys to lose weight, I mean, when you're dealing with 280, 290 pounds, to lose 30 pounds for them is like a normal person losing Well, again, pounds. I think that comes down to how that individual trains. So when Dorian retired, he still held on to a lot of size, yeah. even though he's like, you know, because I'd be with him. He didn't eat much. And he'd be doing a lot of this CrossFit or whatever. However, it was really hard for him to lose that size uh, for some years. And I think because of the training intensity, he created that much density within his physique. It was a little bit harder for him to lose. However, other people's training style, possibly maybe like uh, Dennis Wolf, maybe not. I don't know how many years he has under his belt of training. Maybe that's why he loses it a little quicker. Possibly. Again, we're just throwing shit out into the wind here. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> well, that... Pretty much does it, man. So we have a whole bunch of uh, cool videos coming up. A ton of it. You're going to have um, Caged Week on Tiger Fitness, complete social media takeover in the next probably four weeks. We'll pinpoint that date for you. And um, anything you guys want to do before we sign out? No, I just want to say that uh, I've watched the introduction of um, this supplement line uh, by Chris on Tiger Fitness, and it is just taken off like crazy. We can hardly keep it in stock. So. This is definitely a product line you want to watch, and if you've not heard about it, you definitely want to check out at Tiger Fitness. So we're number two at yes. the moment, correct? Has that ever ever happened with not any in other four line? Weeks. Not no. not. Fantastic. So now all I've got to do is blow out this other line called MTS, and uh, I, I'm winning, huh? Yes, yes, right. yes. MTS Nutrition available at TigerFitness.com. Or you could just buy everything from both brands. Hey, I will. I will say this. I just tried. The Aussie, Tim Tam. Aussie triple chocolate biscuit. Triple chocolate biscuit. And I lived in Australia for several years and I, I loved the Tim Tams. And I tell you what, this flavored protein 
mixed like a pudding that Mark made with yeah. me for me with some blueberries was absolutely on point. I appreciate it. Very man. nice. Very Look, nice. I'll be real, man. I take your supplements. I mean, I'm not. Well, now I'm going to be taken out. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nobody like the thing is pre-workouts are such a transient category. Like people try one, they try another. All I ask is that they try the brands that don't suck. Yeah. You know, and I like to alternate. For example, I, on leg day, I cannot have a high stim pre-workout. I get too I get too excited. Like before we did those deadlifts, my heart. I was so I get excited to train still. My heart rate will naturally go up 30 beats per minute just yeah. knowing I'm training. You throw in 400 milligrams of caffeine or 600 or some of these yeah, crazy yeah. DMHA, DMAs. You know, you and, and the thing is, if you're having that much caffeine anyway, yeah, you're going to get stimmed if you think you're amped, but you, it's become a blood constrictor yeah. now. So it's like, what's the point? It's like you're asphyxiating your muscles. So like pre-caged, it has all the things you need to build muscle. You know, that's really what we want to do at the end of the day. And just enough energy ingredients to get you going. And I think that's what we want to look at. People who need too many stimulants, look at yourself and say, do I really, you should be getting I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, training. And you should be questioning yourself. Why aren't I motivated enough to train without all these stims? You know, you should be motivated. You should be passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. You, should, you know, for me, it's I'm as desperate to train yes. as I am as desperate to breathe. You know, so I don't need any ergogenic to make me train. But you know, I will I, take I, I like it for the before sex. I take it before I fly. <laughs> Helps with the blood flow. Well, you had, you, no, here's, a, here's something I remember. You told me when you fly, you have a certain. Now I fly all the time, less now, but you. You mix a bunch of stuff together and drink it on the I flight. did it on the way here. To help you yeah. with jet lag. Yeah, help with the jet lag. So I'll normally like have like a you know a couple of bottles on the plane and I'll put citrulline in there. I'll put about, depending on how long the flight is, about 10 grams of citrulline and I'll have the hydrocharge. You don't have to have the hydrocharge, but you definitely need to have the citrulline. I make sure that I do not eat any of the crap on the plane. Too much sodium. I have my own food on there. I drink a load, and with the citrulline, obviously, it's improving the blood flow yeah. around your body. Because when you're in a pressurized cabin, it slows down the blood flow, That's hence why the blood clots. Exactly. Shit, yeah. So I just find that you're kind of like actively moving yourself uh, indirectly when you're up there. So when I land, and I make sure that I always get in a cardio workout as well. I never, ever, ever get jet lag. Doesn't matter what country I've flown to. So I believe that definitely works. So you're saying there's no vodka involved in this? No vodka, dehydration. I've got you to say do not want to drink on a flight. No, no vodka? No. You do not no. want to drink Save on a flight. Save that for when you land. And I tell you what, if you put a scoop of hydrocharge in with some vodka and some water, fantastic. Not something that I'd advocate, but try it and see. I think we do that tonight to recover from that deadlift workout. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, thanks for watching. This is our... This honestly, this is the greatest podcast of all time. Chris Gethin here, good old friend. Happy to have him here. Thank Epic you. content coming Thank up. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Cheers, brother. Appreciate it. Of course, that's not a game.